Here's your host of Sound Off, Brad Bennett. Thank you, thank you, Johnny. Yes, here we are. Hour number three on a Tuesday. And uh, as we've been talking the first couple hours, the Iowa caucuses are out of the way. Donald Trump won big in Iowa, 51%. Uh, uh, Ron DeSantis came in second, Nikki Haley third, and uh, Vivek Ranswamy is now gone. Well, I think what happened there is that he, uh, he's gone, but he's setting himself up for another position. Well, let me tell you what we're going to do right now, folks. We have had on the show with us a couple of times on Tuesdays, Shelly Peterson, who is the CEO of Promoting Me. Now, what does Promoting Me mean? It means she can help you promote your business. If you've got a business or you've got an idea on starting a business and you just don't know how to go about it, you don't know maybe the tools you could use, uh, you know, how you can practice uh, putting a business plan in place. Shelly's been doing it. I I don't know how long, Shelly, has it been that you've been helping businesses grow and develop? You know, I've been actually helping businesses for the last 25 years. Uh, under the wow. Promoting Me brand, it's been uh, a little over four years. The way I see what you do is that, you know, if somebody has a good idea, but maybe they don't think they have the financial wherewithal to put a plan in place, you can kind of show them ways that might not even cost them a lot of money to promote themselves. Is that correct? Absolutely. So we call that going from that wantrepreneur to entrepreneur. And even sometimes when people have even started their business, they just want somebody to come in and take a look and say, did I do this right? Or I'm having this problem or because us as small business owners, we don't have a large circle oftentimes of people to bounce ideas off. Them, right. Maybe it's one or right. two or three people within our organization. So we're looking for validation. We're looking for strategy. We're looking for ideas. And then what's the latest trends and how can I save myself some time? and money. So that's where we really start to dig in. And that's where the magic happens of, of strategy behind the business. Well, I've had the fortunate of being in, uh, involved in a couple of small businesses. And I know that the biggest thing that uh, that you as a small business owner do is you're worried about where am I going to find the time to try to promote myself. I'm just doing my day-to-day -day routine. I'm handling my customers. I'm doing my products. And I barely find enough time to even find myself coming and going and stopping for a cup of coffee. So how do I, you know, where, what are, what things are there that can help me to grow? And of course, with the digital world today, a lot of it has to do with that, doesn't it, Shelton? You know, it really does, because if you think about it, we're exposed to between 6,000 and 10,000 ads every single day, and we're scrolling between 300 and 400 feet of content every single day. So you really need to be best in class. You want to you wanna stand out from your competition, but what happens with your website and your digital assets that becomes a validation that you're qualified to do business. So if you take a look at your website and you take a look at your digital assets, and whether that's your Google, it's your Yelp, it's the way you're emails look when they go out you know if that's not best in class people start to make opinions right that maybe i don't want to do business with them they're not qualified to do whatever their business is if they don't have those strong assets absolutely well what we hope to do over a period of time is uh, is make you available to people with small businesses here in the northland or maybe even people that are thinking about starting a business but really have no idea how to go about promoting themselves 
And yeah. you, Shelley, as the owner of promoting me, means that's how you go about doing it. So what I would suggest is if you're listening to this show this morning and you're thinking, man, that sounds like somebody I could really get some experience <laughs> out of. Well, you know what? Write this phone number down. Uh, first of all, the name is Shelley Peterson, uh, and she is the CEO of Promoting Me. The phone number is area code 218 393 Six six seven zero. That's two one eight three nine three six six seven zero. And you can find you have a website out there as well, which is just promoting, uh, promoting t- uh, in is it promotingme.com, yeah, Correct. Promotingme.com, promoting me. Yes. There you go. Very simple. And <laughs> so, if you'll just contact that website or give her a call, I'm sure she'd be more than happy to come out, sit down, talk to you. Um, Boy, when you talked about websites, though, what a difference that can make in a business, can it? Absolutely. And you need to know the strategy behind it. It's not just putting a website together, but it's knowing the pieces to put in there, how to write it, and what words to use for your search engines to find you. And um, you know what? Nobody likes word vomit. They like pictures, they like videos, and they like clear messages. Boy, that is so true. Yeah, clear, <laughs> precise, uh, nice pictures, things that people like to look at things. They like to see what the business is all about. Well, Shelly, I hope we get you some business uh, people call in. I know there's got to be a lot of people in the Northland that are either in the middle of starting off a small business or maybe just thinking about getting into it and would, would love to get some advice from you and it sounds like you've been doing it for a long enough time that you should be able to lend some good opportunity for people. Absolutely, and a free consult doesn't hurt. There you go. <laughs> Shelly <laughs> Peterson, CEO of Promoting Me, area code 218-393-6670, or just go to her website, uh, com, and make contact with her there, and she'll be happy to help you out. Thanks, Shelly. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you. You bet. Yep. Bye. Bye-bye. Kenny, I know, uh, I know there's got to be a lot of businesses out there that could use some advice like that. She's been doing it for 25 years. That's great. Yeah, and I would well, say any... this even, so more so too, Brad, there's a lot of people yeah. that might think they don't need it, but you'd be surprised when you talk to somebody that's a professional, somebody that's been around a variety of different businesses, a variety of different scenarios, You'd be surprised yep. how much they can actually help. So, yeah. How many times have you heard? I'm sure you have because I've heard it from people. Did you see their website? How bush was that? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So even something like that can make a big difference. Well, here's this story I've been telling you about for most of an hour now. The New York Times editorial board has come out and basically begs Republicans to abandon Trump calling him a unique danger. Can you imagine? This is, a, this is supposed to be a newspaper that's supposed to deliver news, and instead they're delivering editorial opinion. On, this, is, this happened on the eve of the Iowa caucuses. The New York Times editorial board begged Republicans to abandon the 2024 frontrunner, former President Donald Trump, in a piece Monday morning. In the piece titled, The Responsibility of Republican Voters, 
the left-wing newspaper tried to guilt Republicans into supporting somebody else. Here's what they said word for word. Iowa Republicans will gather on Monday, which they did, to cast the first votes of the 2024 presidential campaign season. And voters in New Hampshire and the states that will follow have one essential responsibility to nominate a candidate, a candidate who is fit to serve as president, one who will preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution of the United States. Oh, thank God they didn't say democracy. Oh. <laughs> Did, do you know when I was reading this, though, to nominate a candidate who is fit to serve as president? You know what? Donald Trump has already served one term as president, and we got more things done yeah. in that one term yeah. than we have seen done in many, many terms of other presidents. Well, who would be better, New York Times? Don't tell me. Among many qualified people, I'm the best qualified people for, person for this job. Well, there you go. There you go, Jobo. He's the best qualified people for the job. Uh, anyway, Jason Miller, this uh, story uh, says it, if it called Trump, who is leading Biden in most swing states and appears poised to become the Republican nominee, manifestly unworthy. Donald Trump, who has proven himself unwilling to do so, is manifestly unworthy, the board said. The paper board also insinuated that Trump's facing charges from left-wing prosecutors making him unqualified and claimed that he is, if he is elected, he would behave like a dictator and seek revenge against political enemies. See, that's the whoa, other whoa, whoa, thing whoa, now whoa. that you'll hear. That's exactly oh, what's yeah. going on in the White House right now. Exactly. <laughs> they have weaponized the FBI, the DOJ, the CIA, the BBC, yep. CBS, NBC, <laughs> uh, ABC. Really, Brad? Exactly. And that's exactly. the thing. When they say these things, Brad, people like me and you and other Americans, they think this way and think, wait a second, this is what's going on right now in the White House. Don't try to fool, a fool us. Don't try to tell us how to think. No. How but dare that's you? exactly what they're doing. That's exactly what they're doing. See, in this piece, too, they noted, they said, noting that he has a clear path to the nomination. See, that's what they're afraid of. They're, they're looking at what has been done, all the lawsuits, the the insinuations, the the criticism, the people taunting and everything else. And they look at all of that and they say, it ain't working. It's they so they came out and said to to nomination. The board said it is imperative to remind voters that they still have the opportunity to nominate a different standard bearer for the Republican Party, and all Americans should hope that they do so. This is no, this is you the, liberals should hope that, <laughs> Brad. Exactly. This is David versus Goliath. Goliath is the government. Goliath yes. is the left wing of the government. Again, they've weaponized the DOJ, the FBI. Brad, look what happened with the FBI, James Comer et al. I mean, my goodness. Has that been forgotten? No, I, I, I certainly wouldn't think so anyway. These attacks on Donald Trump, we've seen this. We don't want this. We want the swamp to be drained. 
Well, let's let's look again at And it's not going to be easy, Brad, because it's David no. versus oh, God, Goliath. No. We are it David. Is. New York and, Times and is the haters, Goliath. The haters out there, the Trump haters, they are going to constantly put as much effort into that hate as they possibly can. And you see that happening with this uh, attorney general down in Georgia who now has been charged uh, with helping break up a marriage of one of the people that she has uh, working freelance on her staff that she gave. They What's the last figure I saw? Something like $700,000 to help out this guy that she's been sleeping with? Come on. You know... Because you don't like a guy, you're willing to do just about anything uh, to kick the legs out from under his horse. And that's basically what's going on here. You know, and some people, even on the Democratic side, are strong enough and gutsy enough, like uh, like this Governor o. Evers over in Wisconsin. When he was confronted with that, he simply came forward and said, you know what, let the voters decide. I'm not going to try to kick him off the ballot. I'm not going to try to take him off the ballot. Yeah, well, I'm glad you're talking about this, Brad, because we're seeing this again. We see this from pretty much all of mainstream media. I mean, there's only a a couple, literally, of media outlets nationally that are in opposition to a lot of what mainstream media is saying. Did you see what... uh, what this uh, Joy Reid, or I'm sorry, lack of Joy Reid oh, of MSNBC. Man. From from The View? Oh, she a war. Well, no, she's MSNBC. She was complaining oh, there were too oh. many white Christians in Iowa. And she went on and on and on. <laughs> and I'm looking at her. She's a black woman, but she's got white hair. And I thought, now, wait a second. What, what's going on here? Anyways, I thought, well, move to Iowa. Oh, you know. geez, unbelievable. Well, you know, the thing that really bothers them the most is that they see uh, what used to be dyed-in-the-wool supporters like Hispanics and blacks rolling over, coming over to the Trump campaign more than they ever have in the past, and it really bothers them. And, you know, and it probably should, I guess, because, uh, you know... The, you go back to some of this analysis, for example, um, of what happened in the Iowa caucuses yesterday. Um, s- some of the numbers that I looked at just stunned me. Uh, four in 10 voters per- preferred to continue aiding Ukraine in its war against Russia. Four in 10. They favored Haley over DeSantis by 11 points, but Trump won aid for opponents by 43 points. Trump won economy voters by 33 points, thanks in large part to 52-point edge among those who said they were falling behind financially. Because they've looked at what Trump did. And that's that's the thing. We had a caller into this show not too long ago that you remember that said, you know, think about the fact that a lot of the people that are staying with Trump they're staying with him because they have the experience of knowing what he did when he was in office for four years. He respected the flag. He respected the yeah. military. He didn't get us involved in a whole bunch of different wars. You know, and uh, and you've yeah. talked a lot, Brad, about what happened at the Capitol on January 6th. And I just want to know why a lot of media outlets, people in general, 
that keep on calling this and saying that Donald Trump was responsible for an insurrection. By definition, I think that was not an insurrection at the Capitol on January 6th. It was simply a riot. Yes, it was simply some people that got out of hand, but nobody was armed. Nobody. Except the cop that shot Ashley Babbitt. Yeah, yeah. And anyway, it's it's amazing. So, Brad, it's I, I want to ask you. It's going to be something to watch. Was that an insurrection? Why do they keep no, calling that? No, of course that not. If, that. If, it was a, if it had been an insurrection, they would have come marching in that Capitol with pitchforks and guns blazing. But that was not the case. It was just people that had got upset. They were totally upset and decided to... And you know what? In that crowd of people, there were a number of people whose main purpose was to was to stir up trouble. And they weren't even necessarily from the Trump camp. They were outside agitators in many cases. You know, it's been said over and over again, and it can be proven that Trump simply said to his followers, go and protest, but do it peacefully. And that was not what happened. Some people got uh, carried away. Anyway, uh, I got to ask you a question. Um, now, we've talked about this Chicago area Tesla people they can't charge their vehicles up. What is what is going to be the answer there if people can't get their cars functioning? Do they have a right to go back to Tesla and say, uh, you know what, you sold us a bill of goods? And uh, we're not happy with it. We'd like to get a refund. You think that'll happen? No. No, I. but I got to tell you, Brad, this right here, this isn't going to change. This is only going to get worse. And maybe living in Hawaii, right. maybe living in Southern California, uh, Southern Texas, yeah, fine. desert states, Southern California, yeah. or Florida. Okay. They don't have to deal with this on any great degree, the severe cold. But that's not what America is. And you go north of the border, uh, how well do electric cars work in Canada? I wonder. Uh, probably not very well, I would think. I mean, what, In fact, I wonder what percentage. Yeah. And you reported, you reported just the other day about Hertz Rental Company that has, yeah. what, 20,000 vehicles that they're turning back because yeah, they're getting they rid can't of them. lease them out. Yeah. They can't get them out. Would you drive an electric vehicle in the dead of winter from Winnipeg to Calgary? No. no. Absolutely You probably not. wouldn't make it alive. <laughs> I mean, seriously. I mean, if you left Winnipeg, no. it's got to be, I don't even know how far it is. Is it 1,000 miles? Is it further? I know it's a long distance. Yeah. Where would you charge yeah. it? Well, that's a very good question. I have no idea. <laughs> I suppose, you know, in, as you said earlier, maybe electric cars have a function someplace when there is a when there is a large circuit or network of charging stations. But I'm thinking about driving between Duluth and, say, the Twin Cities. Where do you charge other than the few a few adaptable stations there are in Hinkley? Uh, you know, I, I don't know where else, you would, uh, where else you would go. Hey, i got to ask you a question. I know we're, uh, we're to that point that we have to do our CBS News. Uh, but did you see the story about Hulk Hogan, by the way? I don't think so. What's he up to? Well, it, well he, uh, he, tr- he helped a woman 
that flipped a car in front of him. Legendary pro wrestler Hulk Hogan was seen rushing to the scene of a car accident in Florida on Sunday to help a victim climb out of her overturned car. Witnesses said that Hogan was riding in a car on the highway in Clearwater, Florida, when a woman swerved her car, made a somersault, turned over, and then ground to a halt right in front of them. Apparently, the mighty Hulk jumped out of his car, and he and his pal Jake rushed over to see if they could assist the driver. Hogan, 70, and Jake, a U.S. Marine, were seen helping the woman squirm out of the destroyed vehicle. Turned out her car was pretty well banged up. Uh, TMZ sources told them that Jake helped yank open the driver's side car door, and then he and Hulk helped get the victim out of the crushed, un- unbuckle herself, and they poked the, a hole in her uh, in her uh, safety bag that had gone off that was in the steering wheel and had her pinned into the car. So they punctured that, got the air out of it, and pulled her out of the car. Hogan's wife, who, by the way, is named Sky Daly, <laughs> jumped to in, uh, Instagram soon afterwards and praised her husband, writing, Last night after we left dinner in Tampa, we saw a car flip in front of us. I truly admire my husband, Hulk Hogan, and our good buddy, Jake, for springing into action, puncturing the girl's airbag, and getting her quickly out of the car. Um, so, you see, there are some people with big hearts and that... Uh, uh, we'll do a little bit of something to try to help people Okay, out. I, I've got some details I want to share with you and your listeners okay. about EVs in Canada when we come back after this break. <laughs> okay, good. Let's do our CBS and then we'll come back. KDAL time, one thirty-six. Overcast in the Twin Ports. We're three above in Canal Park. My goodness, but still got some uh, gusty winds out there southwest about 12 miles an hour. Now, again, we're going to have these wind chills that are going to continue throughout the week. Warmer temps arrive this weekend, so uh, stay bundled up, at least for the rest of the week. Now, there's going to be some lake effect snows around the Bayfield Peninsula today through tonight. Could expect um, well, maybe a couple of inches, maybe four to five inches in some areas of northern Bayfield County. And then, Brad, snow showers will develop across northeast Minnesota late this afternoon into tonight, but it's going to be very light accumulations, less than an inch. Thank God. Yeah, where are we? We're 27 and a half inches below normal on the snowfall for the year. We're at 16. Really? Yeah, 16.6 so far this season, 16.6. This time one year ago, we had already received 70 inches of snow. So this has been a plus for people's backs and and legs and arms and muscles. <laughs> you haven't had to shovel nearly as yeah, much. Yeah, not as much. You're right. You're right. Say, I wanted to ask you a question. Um, with as many illegals as there are coming across the border, you know what this, this administration does is this administration rounds them up, and if they find out who they are, they, they kind of like toe-tag them. You know, they... They get their name and on a piece of paper. The border patrol gets a name, and they give them a caseload. They they uh, they assign them to a judge who has to hear their uh, case on whether or not Brad. they're that's a going to be given immigration. If you get huh? that's a fantasy. There's not enough judges in America to hear these cases. Of course there isn't. I was just going to ask you because the story came out this morning. U.S. Border Patrol came out. 
uh, in a story that was in the Pioneer Press this morning, there are three million illegal migrant cases that are currently clogging the system, which which is this, Kenny. It's the you know what the average age or average workload caseload is for an immigration judge? What's that? Five thousand cases. No, it's it's not. It's un, un it's uninstate. It's not sustainable. <laughs> no, it isn't. Okay. Eight months after, and, and here was and, the story out of the Associated Press was was this. It, it had a, listed a couple, a, a, a husband and wife with three kids. Said eight months after crossing the Rio Grande into the United States, they should have said illegally. A couple in their twenties sat in an immigration court in Miami with their three children. Though an inter- through an interpreter, they asked a judge to give them more time to find an attorney to file for asylum and not to be deported back to Honduras, where they claimed gangs threatened them. You know, Honduras is a you know hellhole. There's gangs, drugs, uh, you know, all kinds of problems. But that doesn't mean everybody in the country just leaves and comes to the United States. Yeah. Judge Christina Martzak agreed to a three-month extension referred Aaron Rodriguez and Cindy Banizé to a free legal aid provider by the Catholic Archdiocese of Miami in the same court courthouse. And their case remains one of the unprecedented three million currently pending immigration courts fueled by increases in migrants who seek asylum after being apprehended for crossing the border illegally. The court bag law, backlog has grown by more than a million just this year, over the last fiscal year, according to the government data compiled by Syracuse University. Judges, attorneys, migrants, advocates worry that rendering an almost unsustained system unworkable, it is often it often takes several years to grant asylum. What do they do in the meantime? They just give them a pass. Tell them, well, go where... Where were you going to go? Well, I have a sister that lives outside of Chicago. I'm going to we're spend. We're going to live with her. Fine, go. Just remember that you'll have a court date, and we'll have to get a hold of you. And they, in some cases, they put an ankle bracelet on them. In some cases, they take a phone number if they have a cell phone. Um, but their hope starts sinking. In this case, My- Myra Cruz, after her case, is also granted an extension uh, because the. Peruvian migrant doesn't have an attorney. There, I've I've felt a bit safer, but here I felt a bit safer. Added Cruz, who said she had she was had to flee only the clothes on her back when her partner and their children after repeated threats from gangs. You know, and you got to feel bad about that, but that doesn't mean we can take in everybody in the world that has something going on in their life in some other country. About 261 cases of migrants placed in removal proceedings are pending in the Miami court, meaning they've got to find these people, round them up, and remove them from the country. In the meantime, we're spending money to educate their children, uh, not only uh, just in the educational core systems, reading, writing, math, etc., but also teaching them how to speak English and read English. It has put an incredible burden on our school systems. 
In, we have a we have a phone caller that wants to get involved here, Jeff from Superior. Jeff, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Brad. You're bringing up some very good points. I I just want to footnote what you're saying that uh, Senator Ron Johnson serves on the Judiciary Committee, so he's yes. front and center on these issues. The other thing I wanted to point out is one of the reasons I support Trump is we may see Clarence Thomas retire in the next presidential administration. And, you know, he may have another appointee to the Supreme Court. So you're very right. Uh, You know, the the ebb and flow of the way the Supreme Court goes depends on the age of the Supreme Court justices. And you're right. Clarence Thomas might just finally say, you know what, it's time to hang it up. Um, And that could put a tremendous amount of pressure on the system. You know, when you look at the amount of money that is being sent, and by the way, thank, thank you, Jeff. Jeff. Good, good point. Um, the back, the backlog in the courts administered by the Justice Department often gets little attention, including in current Senate negotiations. By the way, which is going to be a financial nightmare before too long, uh, the Biden administration has a hundred and ten billion dollar proposal that links aid for Ukraine and Israel to asylum and other border policy changes on the border. When migrants are apprehended by U.S. authorities at the border, many are released without a record of their detention and instructions to appear in court in a city where they are headed. It's it's just a nightmare. Anyway, folks... Uh, we got to take our Minnesota news break here very quickly. I had my EV uh, story out of the uh, out of Canada. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, what did you? How many people in Canada own an EV? Well, the well, quite a few actually. But I would really well, <laughs> yeah. But I think a lot of those people are in the metropolitan cities of Toronto, uh, Montreal. Hamilton. Yeah, yeah. Ham- Hamilton. There you go. But when I look at Manitoba, Manitoba says there are 2,800 electric passenger vehicles and 15,000 hybrids registered in the province. This represents just under 2% of all registered vehicles. Now, I ask you, Brad, if you were given an electric vehicle and you had to drive from Winnipeg to Flin which is about uh, 400 miles, would you feel safe doing that? Where no. would you charge no, the car? Not. <laughs> First Where of all, the I would have my parka and boots yeah, and exactly. everything. Yeah, and your AAA card. Where do you yeah. charge your car between Winnipeg and Flin and-, <laughs> and I think when I look at this data, I'm seeing what I said. It was actually one of the days that you had off or you had to leave early, and I... Uh, you were had been talking to uh, Jerry from London Road Rental, and Jerry th- uh, thought yeah. that you know hydrogen could be uh, the thing of the future for cars, and maybe it will be. I'm thinking more the hybrid because they're there; they've been around for decades, and they're yes. they're more. I have a hi- I have a hybrid car. It works just fine. There you go. They're more practical because they allow you to use the electric side of it, not use so much gas. Yet the gas is there. When you need it, and you're going to need it, especially if you're driving from Winnipeg to Flin Flon. Yeah. You know what, Kenny, as we get into this uh, election season, I think we're going to find more and more that people are going to vote 
with their hearts and with their heads. They're, they're, they're disappointed in a government that's trying to take their electric stoves away from them, uh, their electric uh, products that they mow their lawn with and snowball with. And they, they're sick of it. Preach it, and brother. They, and they're going to vote against that. I agree 100%. That's a big part of this, Brad, is this over-the-top climate zealots that yes. want us to abandon everything we have when it comes to gas. We're talking natural gas. We're talking propane. That's that, that's yeah. an evil player in a lot of the zealots, climate oh, yeah. zealots' minds. And they're out of their minds, Brad. They're insane. They and I are. would I would say to them, well, do me a favor. I got to deliver something from Winnipeg to Flin Flon, and you got to go <laughs> in the month of January in an electric car. Right. <laughs> right. Good luck. <laughs> no, you know, it's maddening. And I think all of us are smart enough or all of us are flexible enough to say yeah. if a new idea comes out, a new thing comes out that works, we're willing to jump on board. But yeah. we want it to be proven first. And one more statistic. Yeah, thank you. And one more statistic. Three percent of all registered light duty vehicles in Canada in 2022, all accounted vehicles, 3% were electric. That's nothing. Even in the state of California, Brad, the number of EV vehicles account for about 37%. And that's California where you could use them all the time every day of the year pretty much. There you go. Yeah. All right, well, let's take our Minnesota news break, and then we'll come back and wrap this baby up. The voice of American music, Willie. Willie Willie Nelson and family. May 23rd at Bayfront Festival Park. New album, Bluegrass, out now. Tickets on sale Friday, 10 a.m. at jpresents.com or call Tickets 300. Don't miss Willie Nelson and Family, live, produced by Jade Presents. Pretty paper, pretty ribbons, blue. Wrap your presents to your darling from you. Pretty pencil. Right, I love you. Pretty paper, pretty ribbons. KDAL time, one fifty-four zero at the National Weather Service, and a lot of excitement. Willie Nelson coming to Duluth. KDAL presents along with Jade. Uh, presents, and uh, we're looking forward to it. May twenty-third. Boy, I hope the weather's nice for uh, Willie and Boy, the fans. It could be nice. There's been it times in be. May 23rd, it's been great, but there's also been times <laughs> you might even get snow at that well, time of the year. <laughs> well, snow is kind of unlikely, maybe flurries, but will there be leaves on the trees? Will the green, uh, the grass be green? Uh, no. Who knows? Say, I got to ask you, with Willie coming in, and he's going to be 91, does he need the money that bad, or does he just yes. really love performing? Uh, yeah, well, he does. I, I th- <laughs> well, I think both, actually. But you remember, he had those issues with the IRS. Um, yes, he and, did. Yeah, and he uh, ran into some big problems with the IRS, uh, millions of dollars in debt. I'm not sure what his uh, latest uh, situation is with them, but uh, yeah. 
Huh. Well, he seized a lot of property from him. And... Oh, yeah. Well, and he's a great entertainer, and some of his music is fantastic. And I'm sure a lot of people will want to go because they they'll think, you know, might be the last time you could ever get to see Willie Nelson perform. So I'm sure the tickets will sell out very, very fast. And and if they get a great day weather-wise in May 23rd, it's going to be a spectacular thing. But, you know, that time of year, spring, you could get rainstorms. You could get some ugly weather just as much. Anyway, this uh, to wrap up the story that I was talking about, about the number of migrants, uh, time doesn't seem to help the backlog of this, according to this study. It says that even government records show judges completed far more cases in the last year than ever before because their dockets keep growing so fast. Their average caseload is now 5,000 caseloads per judge. Uh, the judge estimated that doubling the current number of judges is about to, to about 1,400 might solve the current backload, but not necessarily. In the new budget request, the Executive Office for Immigration Review is requesting funding from Congress to hire 150 new judges and support staff, but its press secretary, uh, Catherine Mattingly, says that ex- uh, experts like retired Judge Paul Smith, who also serves as a government immigration counsel, while the last major reform was enacted nearly 40 years ago, says the broken system can only be fixed with major policy changes. And that's what's got to happen. I mean, you know, there, this, there's just so many people coming through that it's flooding everything. And, you know, nobody seemed to care about the issue in Chicago or New York or any of those areas until all of a sudden uh, the governor down in Texas started sending busloads of them up their way because they said, well, it's your problem. We're not going to worry about it. Well, now they're saying, don't send any more. We're over, our our system is overburdened. So, you oh, know, I, I don't know what that. the answer is. Yeah, a little drill going in the background. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, I can't because I have my head cans on. So, but, but anyway, hey, I want to end with this, Kenny, because this was a great piece this morning. I don't know if you noticed this or not, but uh, Miss Colorado has been named the new Miss America. Now, why is that a big deal? Well, it turns out she's a lieutenant, an active-duty U.S. Air Force active-duty lieutenant, and she has just been approved for combat flight school. She's going to learn to be a a combat uh, F-4 fighter pilot. (laughs) That's awesome. The sky sky is not the limit. How did that happen? She's well, she she's a great-looking lady, and she applied. She said, I, I grew up in a small town. I was never involved in any kind of pageants. But somebody said to me, hey, you you, uh, you live here in Colorado. You remember the Air Force? Why not apply? She did, and uh, she she got selected as Miss America. In, okay. Um, from Colorado, huh? From Colorado. From the U.S. Air Force Academy in Colorado. Awesome. That's where she, her home based. So good for her. Anyway, Madison Marsh is her name, and she's a dynamite-looking lady and very intelligent. Like she said, I, I want to let ladies know that the sky is not the limit, and the only person stopping you is you yourself. Well, folks, we'll be back at it tomorrow, as always. 
right here on Sound Off 610 KDL Radio.